In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. The best marketers sell with story, and the best storyteller wins the customer. And the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business, just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to iingarlic.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there'll be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner, the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. I'm Garlic here, and we've got a super exciting geek out marketing fest here. I mean, this this next 30 minutes is probably the fundamentals of marketing in a nutshell from someone that's been around the block, but beyond being around the block, has built up some of the most memorable brands and memorable infomercials and sold billions of dollars worth of products across multiple products. Um, and years of experience, but boils it down to very accessible stuff. Uh, Rick Cesari is, I mean, I'm just so excited to have like marketing legends like this on the show. And you should be too, because they just want to give you all the information that you need. And I, I mean, this is one of those episodes that should just be on your regular routine. If you own a business, if you're a marketer, um, if you're a marketing professional, because it's these fundamentals, you know, before we get into the interview, you know, when when I used to play basketball and the thing is like we you had to practice the fundamentals no matter how good you got. If you look at Larry Bird, if you look at the greats, no matter how good they got, they kept practicing the fundamentals, free throws, dribbling, etc. These are the five fundamentals that we're going to talk about here that you need to be practicing. Uh Rick talks about it as well, but also um you know, the key to developing a USP quickly. What he, You know what I think, and number one thing, too, that you're going to listen to is what's the first thing that he always did to discover a big product? Um, how to Why the importance of establishing credibility? His, some of his 11 timeless marketing tips. Um, he answers the question of should you be using multiple marketing channels at once and when should you be? Um, it, you know, it, it's, it's just a big, big episode. Um, you can tell I'm excited about it and I hope you enjoy it and I hope you listen to it a few times to nail down these for your business. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. I am Garlic here and really, really excited to be talking to Rick Cesar Cesari. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Rick, you know, at, in the intro we talked about it, but man, let's just go over all the brands that you've been involved in marketing. All right, great. First of all, before I dive in there, you have a great last name as far as building a brand. It's very memorable. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, it, 
early on, so we rebranded as the Garlic Marketing Show, and people that are listening know this. I like I've resisted it for the longest time, but then we did testing, and everyone's like, "Garlic Marketing Show got all the clicks." So, mm. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, so, loves garlic, <laughs> <laughs> and my wife's maiden name is Curry. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, you got all the bases covered. I got all the the the, the yeah. bases covered. Um, so, Rick, you know. Uh, let's just let's go through this laundry list of unbelievable brands that you've you've helped market. Sure, and just uh, to set it up before we dive in is I started working with almost every one of these companies when they were either startups or just doing maybe a couple million dollars in sales. So they're, you're, when we start talking about them, they're going to be recognizable brands to you now. But when we started, you know, they were still small companies or startups. And, you know, we helped build them through the different types of marketing that we did. But really going back, uh, the first one that uh, we built into a brand uh, goes way back to the juicing days. Um, in we st- my brother and I started a company called Trillium Health Products. And the first uh, product that we marketed was the Juice Man Juicer and kind of started the whole juicing craze in the country. Uh, we That company grew to $75 million in sales in about four years. Uh, we also created a bread man bread machine as part of that same thing because we're really into healthy eating. And we sold that company to a company in Chicago, uh, a housewares company called Salton. And uh, Salton basically was developing a product that was a grill. And it turned out that that was the George Foreman grill. So we did all of the early marketing for the George Foreman grill. Um, at pr- pretty much in parallel to that, there was a Seattle company that was launching a product. Uh, the name of the company was Optiva, and their product was the Sonicare toothbrush. And so we were able to um, use our direct response marketing to help help that product grow. And after that, wow. it was Clean, uh, Rug Doctor, and then more recently, uh, we did all of the television marketing for the GoPro camera. Jeez, man! And those, those are just the big ones. There's uh, there's lots of singles and doubles that that we could talk about too. Yeah, the singles and doubles, that's interesting you say that too, because that's an analogy I always use with my clients is, and you know, it's like, yeah, you want to go for the home run, but you got to be hitting the singles and doubles along the way. Absolutely. Because otherwise, and your marketing should be targeting the singles and doubles because that's what gets you the home run. Absolutely. Uh, So, you know, with these now, I mean, you're definitely not a one hit wonder, right? And you've built out infomercials. when I, t- you know, Kevin Harrington, when he was on, he talked about, you know, his, how he knew something was going to work, right? When he was on Shark Tank. And mm-hmm. I, for you looking at these brands, what are the things that you find that you look at and go, man, this is going to be big? Or do you just not know it's going to be big? You know, you, you kind of get a sense after you do this for a while that it's a good product, but really, the validation that I get and one of the first steps I take whenever I'm working with a product is I love to go out and talk to 10 to 20 existing customers. I don't care if a, if a, if it's a brand new company and they, you know, might have a thousand customers or even less, um, or they have, or they have hundreds of thousands of customers. My first step before I market anything is really go out, sit down with about uh, 10 to 20 customers, ask them a series of questions and I can basically, based from that feedback I get, it, it helps me um, determine whether I think the product's going to be a real success. But then also it gives me a lot of information as far as 
what are the things I need to do to help market that product? And, uh, you know, you're just basically hearing it from the horse's mouth. And that's a little bit different than a focus group. I'm not going to uh, downplay focus groups. They, they have a place. But these are real live customers that have taken money out of their pocket, purchased the product. And they're a wealth of information when it comes to marketing. That's it's funny that you say that because you know our at Authentic Web, our our core focus product is actually creating what we call video case stories, mm-hmm. and it's amazing to me. You know, as we go out and talk to businesses and talk to companies, they're like, "Oh, my customers don't have time to tell me their stories," or we don't ask our customers our stories. But I mean, you just validated that the number one thing that they should be doing, right? Is absolutely, is, absolutely, and, and and you know the reason I bring it up, it seems like such a common sense thing to you and me, but you you know out in the marketplace, companies aren't even doing this, and it's it's really the best source of information. They're going to tell you everything you need to know, what works, what doesn't work, feedback on your product, and it's just something I've always done. And then the other thing, which is exactly what you said, I usually bring a video camera when I'm doing these interviews, then you can turn the information into really great testimonials, which is another thing that's very basic, but you know, there's a written testimonial, an audio testimonial. The the it's testimonials that have the most impact are video testimonials because you can really see the emotion behind it. And that though to me, I tell everybody, if you can give me a dozen really good, honest, authentic testimonials, I could pretty much sell any product. That is fantastic. Um, and it's so true, but you know, I remember personally, like when I first started watching infomercials when I was younger, um, you know, I was a kid and I'd stay up, I, I have weird sleeping habits and I'd stay up and I was just completely enthralled with them. And, you know, even the simplest of testimonials, like I always think back to the blue blocker, like the people on the street, like, oh my God. And you could see their reactions to it. And you knew that it was an authentic testimonial on how powerful it is. I still remember those to this day. And it- yeah, and that, and that was one of the things, the reason um, that that worked so well is you hit the nail on the head. These, those weren't actors. Those were just really authentic testimonials. And it was kind of the predecessor. You know, now we have reality TV and, um, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but filming testimonials changed. It used to be you could sit someone in a chair like you and I are talking. We used to call it a talking head. But people, you know, your more believable testimonials are like when you're when you're filming a man on the street or you're at a trade show at a booth and people are walking up and they're trying the product. They're just more believable because they're more more authentic. And that's what the Blue Blocker uh, infomercial did. Yeah. And that authenticity is so important, right? I mean, it's it's critical for people because especially when we see people's faces, we know when someone's lying. Mm-hmm. And, and if they're reading a script, you're like, ugh. Ah, uh, that's awesome. So, uh, you know, let's, I, I want to talk a little bit about like these, these brands, but you, you wrote a book on all this right now called by now. Can you tell me a little bit about the book and, and how that relates to all this? Sure. So we mentioned some of the products I worked with, uh, and what the book by now is really goes into talking about the stories behind how, uh, some of those brands grew. I know that we we spend a lot of time talking about the Juice Man and Trillium Health products, and then the the Sonicare and the George Foreman Grill and OxyClean, and really it gives you kind of a behind the scenes look on the marketing that was taking place and the marketing principles we use to help to help build those brands, but also kind of opens the door to some you know funny stories that were involved uh, it, it, with each and with each product when we were marketing it. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, awesome, awesome. Is uh, when did you write the book? The by now uh, was first came out in two thousand and twelve, so it's been out out a little while. Uh, and I'm glad you asked that because I have a brand new book coming out uh, this spring, spring of two thousand eighteen. That's called Building Billion Dollar Brands, and that it's basically what it says. It's ba- I've taken some of the products that have actually grown into billion dollar companies like uh, the the Sonic the Sonicare toothbrush, Ox um, George Foreman grill, GoPro, and go into a lot more depth. And it kind of takes off where where buy now stops. This new book continues. That, oh, that's so. The reason I'm asking this is because obviously um, you've been doing marketing for a few years. What mm-hmm. five, six? <laughs> I don't even want to tell you. When I talked to you about the Juice Man, that actually started in 1989. When I first started marketing, it was actually before that because I was promoting real estate seminars. And to show you how old their fall back this goes, we were using newspaper ads to promote real estate seminars. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, and, you know, when I look back at some of the people that, you know, we've been on, especially the guys that have been around direct response for a long time, uh, the one thing I always like to ask is, you know, you wrote a book and then, you know, especially 2012 to now, how much mm-hmm. it's all changed, the delivery yeah. systems, everything, but has it really changed? I mean, are you going to use the same techniques to build a billion dollar brand? I don't mean ta- like tactics no, like no. Facebook. So, so here's the thing. You're you're hitting the nail right on the head, and it's one of the things I love talking about, and it goes back even further than the 2011. I think there's some basic uh, fundamental foundational elements that never change that you have to um, know and understand, and then you hit. you said it earlier, the delivery vehicle has changed. So – before, TV might have been the delivery vehicle, direct response TV. Well, that still works sometimes, but you mentioned Facebook. Well, maybe Facebook now or YouTube is the new delivery system. But if you understand the things that motivate consumer behavior, because all direct responses is re- you're really getting your consumer or the person you want to to take a specific response. And then the vehicle, the way that's delivered, changes and probably you know, depending on it, on how it is, your advertising has to change. But if you understand the basic fundamentals, I've always been able to go between each one of the different types of delivery vehicles and, and make it work. And what are those fundamentals? Well, it's good. Yes. You know, we, I, there, we could talk all day about this, especially (laughs) you being a marketing guy, but I've, I've tried to boil them down into five simple ones that have always been kind of recurring. And, and this is, um, basically the foundational things I think you need to do if you're basically taking a long-term approach and building a brand and the very first, and I'm, you know, you, you know, it is, uh, you always have to, the very first thing you have to do with any product is develop the unique selling proposition or USP. And it's something that seems, you know, if you know anything about marketing, you know, that that's kind of one of the basic things, but a lot of people don't do that. Everyone, especially on Amazon these days, everyone's just uh, launching Me Too products, Me Too products, and it's a race to the bottom. They're all fighting over the buy box. Uh, if you can differentiate your product, you know what's a what's a good, unique selling proposition. That's the first step towards you know rising above the crowd. And so I, I I always tell people to spend a lot of time on coming up with what makes your product unique or different, 
And if it isn't, then you better be the lowest priced one because that's really your only different differentiator. And that, that's something I've never, I always go the opposite end. I always like to be the highest priced product and figure out how to differentiate. But the unique selling proposition is the first one. The second one is the, is the positioning. I, uh, I, have you ever read a book called uh, Blue Ocean Strategy? Yes, great book. Yeah, so, so it's about it's about positioning, and it basically it says, uh, you know, to save your listeners. If, at first, I'd recommend reading it, but if they don't want to, it's basically saying look at the place in the marketplace where the blue ocean exists, where there aren't a lot, isn't a lot of competition, and it's basically about dominating a category. What category out there can you dominate? So a lot of these things are a little bit strategic starting out, but if, if you lay this groundwork. Then it then it helps. Then then the third one is uh, deliver more value, and that's just basically it's uh, an under promise over deliver scenario. You know whether it's you know direct response marketing, online marketing. A lot of people are out to see how much money they can make, how quickly, and they over promise and under deliver. And you can make money and sell product in the short term, but you can't build those long term brands by delivering a lot of value even more than you're promising, uh, you, you basically is something that can help build the brand. The, the fourth one is, um, we talked about this earlier, is always listen to your customers and have a start a relationship with your customers, especially in this marketplace. It's more mm-hmm. important than ever to really start building a database of loyal customers. That's going to be one of the biggest things that builds value for your business and lots of ways of doing that. And then the last one we also talked about was just having uh, as many authentic testimonials as you can. And I guarantee if you put those five things in place, you, you've built a really good foundation. And then it doesn't matter uh, where you market. If those things are in place, you're going to start rising above the competition. Oh, man. those. I mean, it, it, and these are things, it seems simple, but especially the, the first two. Actually, all of these, right, mm-hmm. are, are people, they, they just to touch into it and then they go move on right like your unique selling proposition they they're like okay here it is and I, you know i was just writing about this I, I for a long time i did legal marketing as our primary source of marketing and every attorney would be like oh yeah i'm you know i answer my phone and i will reply to you i'm like that's not a unique selling proposition because everyone's saying it um you know positioning too most people don't understand positioning um, I mean, obviously, we could talk for hours on these things, but it, is this the order that you go in when you first yeah, pick up? Usually, um, I, I do, and and they're kind of all connected because mm-hmm. you know when I say listen to your customers, when you're talking to your customers, you're creating the testimonials. Um, but I want to you know say something for your listeners; they can download. Um, these five keys to building a great brand. And I go into a little bit more explanation. If they just go to our website, which is uh, cesareignite.com, uh, there's a place where they can just download download these five keys to building a great brand. All right. And if you guys heard that. So it's, it'll be, if you click on the show notes, you'll be able to go to the website um, and we'll put a link to that in there and download these. And please, 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 if before you do anything else, before you go buy more Facebook ads, before you go do anything else, make sure you have these things nailed down. Like I, I can't stress this to people. People call me all the time. They're like, I need a funnel. I need, you know, I need videos. I need uh, SEO, and they don't have this stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. 
I had a, an hour and a half conversation with someone yesterday that didn't have this stuff, and they're like, "Oh, you know, our Facebook ads aren't working." Blah blah blah. And, you know, we start talking about. I'm like, "You don't have, you know, you don't have your positioning down. You don't have your selling proposition down. You know, how are you building the relationships? Don't have that down. You're you're throwing money away, right?" Yeah. So you're in marketing, so you understand this. And and again, these things aren't complicated. It's just that when people launch a product, a lot of times they forget to do one or two or three or even all of them. And uh, and it's just like I said, these are things that have been consistent over time uh, with all the products we marketed. And I tried to just boil it down to some simple, simple fundamental things. That's uh, this is awesome. Um, so now I, I you know because. I'm an infomercial addict and I okay. still watch them. I want to know what is your formula for a great infomercial? I mean, is it, is it a testing thing? Do you have a formula? How do you know when it is great? Yeah, that's a, Well, I follow a basic formula and you're going to laugh because I, I always like to simplify things as much as I can. So I, I took a Dale Carnegie course when I was really young and they said the secret to giving a great speech is uh, tell them what you're going to say, say it, and then tell them what you said. And believe it or not, that's a that's a formula I use whenever I do an infomercial. So I'll just go into a little bit more depth, though, is, you know, you have the open of the show and you're building interest and and uh, and credibility and you're getting people excited and you're basically teasing them. Here's what's coming up in the show. Then during the show, um, you know, if we're talking about a Sonicare toothbrush, uh, we might have the host say, Sonicare will, you know, make your teeth whiter. And then you follow that with three or four testimonials saying, Top Sonicare made my teeth whiter. So you're really picking out what the unique selling proposition was, is, and then reinforcing it at every point. I used to, you know, before, uh, you know, you talked about funnels and online funnels. I used to have an analogy way back in the early days of the infomercial that I used to hold my hands like this, at, like an upside down, like a funnel and say everything that goes into that show is the, is the purpose of it is to direct people to picking up the phone or going online and making that buying decision. And that, you know, that's where the testimonials, when I talk about the testimonials, they support, um, you know, what the main point is. So all of this goes into, and I'll give you a real life example. Let's use Sonicare toothbrush. There were, you know, Sonicare was an expensive toothbrush when it came out, $150. They were having trouble getting on retail shelves, people selling. And we sat down and developed what the unique selling proposition was. And it's because of the Sonic technology, it could actually clean beyond the bristles. So that's good, but people still didn't understand what that would do for them from a benefit standpoint. So we had to actually explain the concept of gum disease and the fact that it, it's caused by uh, bacteria hiding in the nooks and crannies between your teeth. And once they understood that, Sonicare was the only toothbrush that could clean beyond the bristles and could reach these. And at the time, nobody liked the flaws, even though I know your dentist tells you to do it. Well, here's a product that actually could get rid of some of that bacteria without the flossing. We weren't allowed to say that, but people, you know, knew that that's what we were talking about. And then, um, you know, that's what, there wasn't any other toothbrush that could do that. And then, so you make that claim, you back it up with, with um, some credible, we inter, you know, you talk about influencers too. We basically backed it up. We interviewed some of the top dentists and periodontists in the country that had big followings. And, and then, 
layered in the testimonials. So it's like you're making a claim. Somebody very credible isn't is in saying the same thing. And then the consumer saying the same thing. So it's kind of a long answer to your question. But um, that's great. That's great. It, I mean, it, it just it goes to show you how important, you know, the testimonials are. I have to tell you something. It's funny because, you know, I always tell people I'm like I, I try to influence people and say, stop using the word testimonials when you're asking for testimonials and ask someone to tell their story. Because when someone says a testimonial, they're just gonna be like, Rick's great. I love him. Instead of telling like their actual story, you're, you know, you're a hundred percent right. It's definitely uh, a much better way of presenting it. And the other thing you, you've, you've done these before. So, you know, some people get in front of the camera and they're like a deer in the headlights. And if the camera's off, they, they, they're like talking a mile a minute and then you're saying, okay, uh, roll. And then, and then all of a sudden they're like, they freeze up. So a lot of times we'll just start the camera rolling and you and I will just be talking and we'll just be able to, you know, you just want to pick up as natural as possible with people. But I think your approach, like I tell us your story is not as much better than saying, you know, give us a testimonial. Uh, you know, it's funny you said the deer in the headlights. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick because I, I get up and I, I have a uh, speech and that's exactly what I say to people. I'm like, when you, when you get that camera on them, they are deer in headlights and what it was funny i was looking for a, a i'm just going off on a tangent here but no go ahead uh i was going off um i was looking for an image throughout google for deer in headlights so i googled it and there's i guess this is a popular halloween costume too so <laughs> I, I haven't seen that but that's pretty funny <laughs> so yeah if you guys google deer in the headlights you'll you'll see what i mean but um and it always gets a kick but it, it's true and it, i tell people all the time and, and it's just the validation is like really you could technically probably just do an infomercial that's just all customer stories couldn't you absolutely and, and if you know you go back to your example of blue blockers if you think about that that entire half hour was basically him going up to people on the boardwalk and saying, here, try these. And that probably of any other infomercial was one that was 100% testimonials. And then they used to just run an 800 number down at the bottom. And, um, you know, that 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 was def- definitely one that was made up just of testimonials. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it was it's it's a classic. And, you know, I, I, I wonder if today if they ran some of those, like if you guys t- took and ran your juice man, would you like just the straight up infomercial? I wonder if it'd just work still. <laughs> We've actually tried something like that, and um, it it would it works if now all of a sudden it's like there's two pieces to it. There's the TV, which is creating awareness and and driving leads, and then you have to have like your back end funnel, online funnel set up so that you're converting that because. Uh, you know, the majority of the people now will see something on TV and will either Google it or go online to get the rest of the information. So as long as you have those two pieces working together, uh, some, some of those old products and old shows can can still work. And I just want to there was one other thing I, I, I been, uh, meant to say when you said, uh, you know, a secret of making an infomercial work or direct. But this this is really true for any type of advertising in any uh, vehicle that you're using is really establishing credibility and you do that several different ways you know if you have 
third party credibility, which is like you have, you know, you have a PR firm that's getting you newspaper stories or magazine stories. You can say, here's what um, Shape Magazine said about this fitness product. Uh, you could have a recognizable, you know, influencers like with the Sonicare, we use dentists and periodontists and, you know, depending on the host of the show. So the other thing that's kind of going on underneath of all this is everything that's in the show is really in, in an attempt to uh, establish the real credibility of the product. And you probably do this in, in your in the videos that you make, because if people you want people to believe what you're saying. And so the more ways you can do that, if they believe what you're saying and it's a good product, there's no reason why they wouldn't order it. That's uh, so true. So true. And the credibility is important. You know, and since like we market services and I tell people so much, but I think this is true in, 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 um, in products as well. I mean, do you see it where how important is giving them as much information as possible that they can take action on? Do you feel like that's increased in value in, in products as well? I, I believe so. You know, there's so, and this was where you go back and you look at what worked, um, 20 and 30 years ago, and you, you've, you've probably heard this, that long copy always works better than short copy. And so you take that, and so this has been tested over years and years and years in many different products, many different categories. So what you said is, you know, give them more information. And I've always been a big believer in um, I, educating the consumer uh, as a way of, of selling the product. So in other words, instead of hitting them over the head and they buy this, it's more like I'd rather lead them to make a decision to buy the product based on giving them the, the right or pertinent information and educating them. And then it's like a common sense. Oh yeah, I need this product. And that, that's always been my approach in the sales that, that success that we've had. That's fantastic. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's amazing how, common sense like for us this is common sense stuff but people want to skip over this in their business and and obviously i mean looking at you having built i mean it's brand after brand after brand you just didn't hit you know it's you know there's some of this stuff out there like the old spice commercial i i always look back on it it's like you know they struck lightning they struck gold with that but they really couldn't recreate it but you know there's probably someone teaching that technique about virality out there and oh i need a viral video but right. when you know when you say this you you show that these are the common things over and over and over again but you know on on the side note when it comes to someone like yourself um you know i know you know when we get to a certain level yes you know how to hold, you know, when we talk singles doubles, you know how to hold the bat, you know the stance, but then there's always those little tweaks that you know that no one else sees. What are some of the, your latest tactics or your, 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 your little tweaks that you've seen help now and seen work now? Yeah, it's, it's funny I th it be, because, again, I, I've seen different waves, and, um, and I'll give you an example. When, you know, 15 years ago – you could just about put anything on TV as an infomercial and it would be successful. And I know that that happened online, you, you know, very similarly, you could put, you know, in the early days out there, you could put it on and you'd get really great, uh, tremendous results. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. What was your question again? Like what, what are your latest, oh, some, some different things? Yeah. Yeah. Latest so, tactics. You know, I have something else that actually that, you know, if they download at the same time, it's, um, 11 timeless marketing tips, which I think is a little bit what you're driving at. And, um, 
little things that you do. And again, these are things that are, that, um, will make sense to you as a marketer. And they're, they're not, we just talked about one of them. When one of my, uh, one of those tips is you always educate the consumer and you know, now, and it's funny because, um, you know, terminology has changed when we were doing the sonic care and we interviewed dentists and periodontists, we called those people key opinion leaders because they, they could reach, they had a big following. Nowadays we call them influencers. So the, the, the ways the market still remain the same. So I would uh, say some of the different things that, that we do, um, I'll start at a bigger, bigger picture is I, I believe in a concept of letting the consumer buy the product wherever he or she is most comfortable instead of trying to force them into one place. Mm. And give you an example, I gave a keynote at an Amazon conference last March uh, called the uh, Prosper Show, and it was like 1,500 Amazon sellers. And some of them had good businesses. I mean, I'm talking to people that had were doing five million in sales a year, some as high as 20 million in sales. But that was the only way they were marketing and they were all scared to death that Amazon would change an algorithm and then their business would disappear. And so every one of these people need to develop what I call an omni-channel approach to marketing the product. And really it is basically build your website and on your website, that's where you have your video content or your customer content and your education, your blogs, you're educating the consumer. And then everything and the, and the, the, the uh, website or uh, you know, direct to consumer sales and e-commerce happens there. And then that's like the hub in the wheel. So then now you engage a PR firm and you use a PR firm to help drive traffic. But at the same time they're driving traffic, they're, they're increasing your credibility because they're going through mainstream media. Um, Amazon becomes one spoke of that wheel. If it makes sense and it doesn't always make sense. Um, you might do a DRTV commercial. If it makes sense, you might be doing Facebook advertising and YouTube videos. And so really um, it's, and, and all of this is done under the, for me, under the umbrella of a direct response mindset, which means if I'm gonna spend a dollar in advertising, I'm looking to, to, to get back two or three dollars. So any one of those things you wanna implement, uh, you do it just with that mindset and if it ends up paying for itself, then you can keep increasing the budgets and and, and grow. Um, so that's kind of a big overall picture we talk to people about. And then there's lot, lots of little tips. Um, you know, this always upsell, um, you know, is a little thing. Uh, you know, we're selling an, a main product. Automatically, if you have another follow-on product that makes sense, automatically 20 to 30% of the people and sometimes higher will automatically say yes as long, and again, I'm, I'm not talking about selling junk. It's got to be a good product that makes sense with the one you're selling. And, um, you know, that's another tip that we always do. So there's lots of little things that if you put it together, it, they just consistently work. And so I have this whole sheet, 11 timeless marketing tips that would go with the five keys to building a great brand. Just they could get that at the website as well. Awesome. Yeah. that I mean, Super valuable, super valuable stuff. You know, you, you said something interesting there as you expand channels, right? And you have an omni-channel approach. And this is a conversation I have often with people because they come in, they get excited to see that, hey, oh, video is going to work. And I'm like, yeah, video works on most channels too. You, you Video, mm-hmm. Facebook, YouTube, obviously. Even, yeah. you know, we get videos ranking in Google search and then there's TV. But should you be trying to launch all channels at once or should you just sequentially move through the channels? I think you should, you, unless you have 
big enough budgets, which most startup companies don't, and enough staff, which most companies don't, pick the one that's working the best for you. And then what happens is as you're building that up, um, at another conference we just spoke at, there there's a, a company that does essential oils. I think they're out of Idaho called Plant Therapy. And they've built their business primarily through um, email marketing. And now they're at a certain size. It's like, okay, how do we go from where we are to the next level? Like if they're doing 15 million, how do they get to 30? And that's when you would need to start looking in, layering these other these other ones. And there's a strategy to it. I'm, I'm a big believer in using the right uh, PR firm or, or public relation that, that would work uh, because they're, they're the ones that are going to be able to get uh, exposure and awareness and and anything they get is going to establish credibility but also it's going to if you already have um e-commerce sales it's going to help spur the e-commerce sales and i'm always trying to generate enough sales so it pays the monthly retainer of the pr firm so you're kind of um really strategically identifying what are the different ways we want to market this and then layering them in based on which ones are working Oh, that's yeah. That's a great advice because I, I think too many people tr- want to do every channel at once, and you mm-hmm. lose that direct response capability, yeah. it, it, the ability to measure it. But when you when you talk about PR, you know, and also like the, there there is a lot of stuff that you can't measure right out there. Mm-hmm. How do you, with a direct response mentality, measure that branding aspect? Where, how do you say, yes, I'm willing to do this, even though I'm not sure if it's really working? Yeah, I think um, it builds a little bit upon what you said earlier. When you make a video for someone for a specific, for a specific use, you can then multipurpose that video across many channels. And with the example of the PR, I for the clients I recommend it to and and how I've used it in the past for my own product marketing, the specific purpose that it's serving for me, we talked about credibility, is it's helping build credibility. You're helping create more awareness. And the only thing I I like to do when you, and measurement is an issue, is there's, if there's a way to, uh, you know, in the early days of doing PR, I was able to do PR and have an 800 number at the end of the story. I have a Washington, um, Wall Street Journal article about the juicer and they put an 800 number at the end of it. So it's kind of thing where if you don't ask, you're not going to get. Now, if we can get the website uh, at the end of an article, that works great. Um, but again, if you always have a, a measurement issue, it's like, how do I know that that it came from the PR versus other organic traffic, that type of thing? And that that's really the the holy grail of, uh, of, of analytics out there is being able to, you know, measure where the sales are coming from, um, as you're doing this advertising. And, you know, you just, if you're running your business, you kind of get a feel for what's a normal thing. A PR article hits, you get a bump in sales and you can kind of attribute back to it. Now I know there's more sophisticated analytics platforms out there, but if you really understand your business and understand when you're marketing, you 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 can get a feel for what's working and what isn't. Yeah, and it, and it also has an underlying bump too, right? Where like it just rises everything to a next level and it never sinks below there because now you've built that credibility. 
Yeah, your credibility. And then the other thing that, um, again, it, it, it really goes back to marketing. You're creating, I always uh, like to tell people it's like uh, rolling a snowball down the hill. If you're doing your marketing correctly, the snowball keeps growing. Well, the snowball is your customer base. And as you get more and more customers, they tell more and more people. Uh, and that's the reason you want to do all of the things I mentioned before. You want to create a great uh, brand experience. And all that means is treat people really treat like the golden rule, treat people like you want to be treated. And, and then they're going to say nice things about your company, nice things about your product. And every time you bring a new customer into the loop, they're going to tell one or two or three friends and the business starts to take on a momentum. Yes, yes, yes. Oh man, Rick, this has been fantastic. Uh, it's so great to have you on. It's great to meet you. I I love everything you've done. Um, and when, so when's the new book coming out again? And tell us a little about that uh, in March of 2018 It's called building billion dollar brands. It'll be available on Amazon. And then your listeners can download the five keys to building a great brand and 11 timeless marketing tips by going to our website, cesareignite.com. All right. And I'm sure everyone will do that. Rick, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. And thank you all for watching the Garlic Marketing Show. Rick and I have enjoyed you letting us be on your journey. And we hope you take his advice and build yourself a billion-dollar brand. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. Facebook. 